Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was going to say, I think you're going to say, yep, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's, let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Well, it's normally raining in round one of the NPL Queens, and this year it was raining goals and red cards. Welcome to another of the Prison Football Boys NPL Sunday show for the start of the new NPL men's season. Adam, as I said, normally this is a weekend where there's plenty of rain. This weekend, a bunch of goals and red cards. Oh, what a crazy weekend we've just had. And uh, I think the last thing I, I said to you before we left uh, Luxury Paint Stadium Last night, if we get 20 more round, one round, more rounds of this, wow, it's going to be it's going to be an epic season. It was drama plenty across uh, across at least the men's grades, and also as well, I think there's some really really top line games uh, in the women's. Absolutely, having a lot of those games being played at roughly the same time as well really made it that kind of last day feel on the first day, and that was a it was a fantastic opening round of football in the NPL. And we'll get to that in just a moment, as well as the opening round of FQPL in the men's and the NPL women's round three, which you mentioned, also some great games. There was, as I said, this is the Brisbane Football Boys NPL. So you can get in contact with us on our social media platforms. Just look for Brisbane Football Boys on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all the latest news and coverage of the games we cover throughout the all season, all year long. Now, we will get into the games in a moment. Adam, the big talking point of the week, at least in the NPL men's, is the eight red cards. We won't go through who they all are and all the rest of it, but... It just seems like maybe a little bit of over-eagerness to start the year from some players after quite a long and, and heated off-season during the over the, over the summer. Look, it's a, it could be a number a number of things. I, I don't know if you can use solely the the um, I guess the I'm not going to use the word excuse. I guess the the sort of view that oh that it's first round sort of you know madness because I said a lot of these a lot of these players have been playing two weeks of the Kappa Pro series and while it's not league football, it's pretty much close as close as you can get to it. So I don't know about rustiness and over eagerness to start the season could be the only thing. It is a part, yes, and I, I do agree with that. I think also as well it, it's fair to say perhaps that you know the referees as well, I think maybe clamping down on a lot a lot more of the sort of the yeah, the, the more dirtier stuff, the so the, the harder sort of challenges studs up. But the one thing I will say about about that, and look, there's obviously plenty of debate out there in in local football land at the moment about you know the referees and all that. But I think for the fact the fact that you know there was six MPL games across the weekend, there were five red cards shown by by five referees showed red cards in the game, that perhaps it may be there might be a case where the referees are actually showing some consistency that, you know, they, they've identified, I know they had their, their state conference recently before the start of the season, and perhaps they've identified, you know, what, you know, sort of violent play, what foul play looks like, and they seem to all... Um, pretty much, you know, sort of been on that. I, 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 in my opinion, I probably think, you know, six of the eight cards were were probably were justified. Um, and that's include two, obviously, two yellow cards, uh, two second yellow cards. One was inconclusive, and the other one, I think maybe it was just maybe a touch harsh, but even that is that proverbial orange card. So, 
Look, I think, well, I think from the referee's point of view, if they show some consistency over the rest of the season, uh, I think the players are going to learn very quickly that you know, they need to get their tackles right or face the, you know, face the ultimate penalty. It's, yeah, it's very clear that serious foul play was something they had a look at during that referee's conference, clearly, and they've they've got an interpretation that they're going with here in the in the league this year. To me, I think the Louis Fenton one's on, that's one you're referring to. It's inconclusive, mm. obviously. We had a look back at most of these today, and that was the one where, unfortunately, the camera vision didn't quite have it. They were showing a replay of something that happened just prior, so it wasn't quite clear on the vision on that one. But to me, I think the only one that I thought was incorrect was Pasquale De Vitas, and that was a um, rescinded one for a um, mistaken identity in any case. So he got his rescinded. I think all the rest were pretty pretty fair, but that's just my view on it. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think, yeah, like I said, the uh, there's, there was uh, one incident, obviously, up at uh, Pinchel Power, and New Sedovich, what, what he did was, you know, unforgivable um, as far as I'm concerned, that just that you do not, you do not attack a player on the ground, as simple as that. That's across any league, from A-League right down to, you know, underage. You just don't do it. Um, I think he's going to have a very hefty penalty. Uh, Jordan Farina's off-the-ball incident as well. Look, that's a bit of frustration, but, you know, as a senior player, he should know better. I think he's going to spend some time on the sideline. And I think the only one that I think may be a bit unlucky, I think, you know, the one one I thought maybe was sort of a bit harsh, as well is maybe uh, Nathan Guy's one in the Brisbane Raw game. Now, I think, but then again, if you if you jump up and your and your elbow is up and you make contact with another player's head, it's a very very difficult negotiation to uh, convince the referee to not brandish a red card. And I think the opposition they'll be the ones screaming saying it deserves a red card. So. Yeah, look, it's one of those things. I, I'm hoping it's just an anomaly that you know this is just it just so happened that you know on this night, this time that you know we saw this, you know these cards, these red cards, and this is not something that's going to be continuing over the season. But look, so far I'd actually say the referees you know, in the main got it right. Absolutely, that's enough talking about the referees. It's always yeah. important to talk about the referees. That's yeah. enough, enough of that. There was their, their job is hard enough. Absolutely, it was an interesting storyline to start the new season, as you pointed out, but it was not the main billing because there was some great football played over the weekend as well, starting with the first game played in the new league season down at the Croatian Sports Centre between Gold Coast Knights and Gold Coast Now the 10th Gold Coast derby, including the Australia Cup. And this was probably the best win Gold Coast United have ever had against their near and not-so-dear neighbours. Adam, a 3-0 win away from home there at the Croatian Sports Centre. Goals from Nick Panetta, Justin McKay and Curtis Dolloway, three former Gold Coast Knights players, coming back to haunt their former side. And Knights played some decent football in this game, but Gold Coast United were much more consistent and over the course of the game were the better side. It's very much fair to say. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, look, Gold Coast United, uh, I think, and, it, and as sort of, you know, we suggest, I think with everything that was going on, you know, with the other news during the week about Gold Coast Knights, it almost, it almost felt like they had plenty to play for. And they, and they used as motivation to really sort of, you know, you know, get under the radar and really to give it to uh, Gold Coast Knights. And, yeah, look, at the end of the day, you could probably say that, you know, they were down to 10 players and to nine players. Uh, but then, then you, make, you you take your chances. Uh, you know, Gold Coast Knights had a couple of clear-cut chances. They couldn't take them. Uh, I know one, I, I'm... I think hit the woodwork. So, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, look, it's a good win by Gold Coast United. Although, like, yeah, you know, even though Gold Coast Knights go probably went into the season as you know the, as the favourites. I know we, you, 
you, me, and James did, did uh, uh, pretty can be top of the table at the end of the premiership. I, I think they showed enough to say that look, they're a good team. I just think you just again you take the fact of the derby as form doesn't doesn't count. It's what you do in the ninety minutes that counts. And uh, on this night, Gold Coast United walk away with a very very valuable three points. I don't know what you're talking about. I absolutely pick Gold Coast United to be a top of the table, and my <laughs> table is exactly. Absolutely. The table that I have is exactly the way it was. But no, look, Gold Coast, you, know, you mentioned that Knights went to go into 10 and then 9, but United took the lead when it was 11 versus 11. They went 2-0 up when it was 11 versus 10. So it's they dominated the game and they got the goals when it was an even contest. So I think they were very, very well worth their win. And the interesting, we'll hear from Gray Piddick in a moment, but this is the sort of this is the sort of game where I think they really excel, isn't it? Where it's a, a, bit, a bit more niggle in it and also a game where they can just, and this time, they didn't get involved in it themselves. They were able to keep their composure, composure and play their way. I think that's where the addition of someone like a Mitch Nichols, along with someone like Liam Goulding at the back, Justin McKay alongside Nichols in the midfield, gives them that real experience and leadership to continue to play the way they want to play and just keep a level head. And that was really noticeable for me in this game that Gold Coast United did keep their head where in the past perhaps they might have got involved in some of that stuff. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because I think that that spine for Gold Coast United, uh, Blake Thompson, Liam Goulding, Justin McKay, Mitch Nichols, those four are going to be so critical because they have a lot of young, exciting players, up and coming players that yeah you know, yeah you know, that have got plenty of ability, but if Gold Coast United are going to be successful, those four players need to stand up. They need to show leadership and. On this night, they did. No, I think they 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 played they played very very well. Mitch Nichols, he sort of like I said we always say that he'll show up for big for big games. And even though sort of I guess on the ball he didn't do much, his influence certainly sort of came up. And he he was he was motivated as well. He was certainly very motivated. As was his coach Gray Pick. We caught up with Gray after the game. That's what he had to say. After I picked up a three 0 win in the derby over the Gold Coast. So I thought we'll be back right after this. We're talking about the head coach of Gold Coast United, Gray Pitt. Gray, three no winners here over Knights in the derby. First game of the season, that must be just about perfect the way you drew it up. Yeah, you couldn't couldn't ask for a better result in the end. Um, you know, first game of the season, no matter who you play, you just want the three points. And even better against our, you know, our local rivals at their home ground. So, um, you know, under the pump at times, but we got through those tough periods, and and then you know we made it count when when we needed to. So, really pleased. You know, it's fantastic. You know, three 0 here. You, you wouldn't have thought we'd come here and win three 0 So yeah. we'll definitely take it. Given all the noise they've made during the week about second division, all the rest of it, well, you've got a lot of players in your squad from this club as well as yourself. Did it mean a bit more to come here tonight and try and show that you're a very strong team in this league as well? Oh yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's just about doing what we can do. Um, we know they're a good team. Um, we know we had to play well to, to beat them. So, uh, you know, for us, first game of the season, three points against a good team. Um, you know, we worked through the rough patches and, and then we went there and, and got the points. So, you know, for us, it shows you know, we're capable as long as we do the little things and we do the things that we need to do to make sure we don't concede goals because then we know we've definitely got goals up the other end of us. Um, I imagine as a coach, you conceded a few goals in the Kappa Pro Series clean sheet. So that one of the most pleasing things for you did keep that clean sheet. Yeah, for sure. You know, even even you know when we're playing against nine, I still wanted to make sure that we didn't give them anything at the end, and, and the boys you know did that. Uh, we've had a 
a few Kappa Cup games where we sort of switched off uh, late. So we, you know, we, we spoke about that and we learned the lessons uh, from that. Hopefully, and and we continue to do that, then you know, we'll put us in good positions. You mentioned um, the David Nettleman. Was it important for you not to get drawn into that this this time around? Yeah, look, it's another lesson learned for us. You know, we've we've sort of been on the wrong end of, of uh, getting caught up in the moment on occasions. We did a few times last year, and, and again, yeah, this group is resilient. We have learnt lessons from last year. If we if we want to do better, we've got to make sure that we stay on the right side of those things. And I, and I thought, you know, they uh, looked after themselves really well and, and didn't get drawn into any any of the sort of rubbish that could happen. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy that they did that. Yeah, you mentioned you want to do better. That start continues next week. A couple of home games now at home against Raw and it's how important are those to continue the momentum you built here tonight. Yeah, of course. You know, first home game next week, so hopefully we'll get a, a big crowd um, being a Saturday night and against the Raw. So you know they're going to be hungry. Um, but that's like you said, if you want to be up there on the table, you must back to back wins two, three. So we have a good result now. We've got to go and get another good result next week. Well, folks, congratulations, Gray. Good luck next week against the Raw. Cheers. Thank you. And thank you there to Gray Piddick. Very happy after the game there on Friday night there. Adam, I can imagine his counterpart, Scott McDonald, would not have been quite as happy after that result. But his side did play some quite decent football, didn't they? And they've got some players coming in. They had a couple of players unavailable during the game this week. Brad Inman, a new, a, a new or lately announced signing before this game, coming off the bench, who is getting up to speed. So it, there's, it's still plenty there for Gold Coast Knights to be positive about, albeit an opening day loss. Well, just just look at 12 months ago. It was uh, it was Gold Coast Knights that were the Hunters going into yeah into into uh, Lions, and uh, we saw what what happened there. They they absolutely belted them, and Lions ended up going on being the premiers. So you don't you can't you can't uh, certainly, you can't lose a title in week one. Now, I think there's, and they've got plenty of players to come back. I think this is the hallmark of this this uh, Gold Coast Knights team. No Austin Ludwig, no no Phil Lasm. That that's two very very critical uh, players as far as the way their defence sets up. They'll they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. It's it's a bit of a blip. Maybe it's maybe it's a loss they needed early. Just with everything that's going on with them at the moment, with the national second division stuff, yeah, you know, the sort of pronounced favoritism by a lot of the pundits, including us, we're guilty of it. Uh, maybe the hype did get a little bit real, especially with you know, a very motivated you know, Gold Coast United coming into their into their territory and beating them. Look, I. I wouldn't be too worried. I think they'll they'll find their winning way. So, and like I said, it's, it's still a very very new team as well. I think it's still a bit gelling to go. So, look, uh, I think as long as they don't drop too many games early, I think I think they'll be fine. They they showed enough that they when they are at their best, um, yeah, they they're going to be almost unstoppable. I thought Brandon McMorrow especially. I think he looks like he has taken a number of steps forward as a player since he left uh, the the Raw Academy. So. So and he and he's just part of a number of you know, young players that, that in that side that you know I think they can really make an impact along with their their, their really experienced uh, defence. He and um he is in Brandon McMorrow as well as Pascal Vita were two of the standouts for the Gold Coast Knights in that game. And you're right, those those two players combining with Brian Moore in the front that they will be I think they'll be absolutely fine over the course of the season. They do have to have a trip to Heath Park next week, so we'll see how they go up at Eastern Suburbs. We'll move on to the rest of the round now. So the Saturday kickoff. There were five games kicking off on Saturday, and we will start with Adam's favourite club, a game 
a, a match which he neglected to attend. The mayor not attending the season opener. That seems like there's a bit of a something going on there. It's an official here from the mayor in a moment. It was a two-one win for Morton Bay United over Olympic FC. Two late goals from Sakashita Mitsuro and Danny Champ. That's got Morton Bay the win in this game. Adam over the after Lyndon Farr got a goal for Olympic right before the halftime break and. It was a game where it looked like Morton Bay were competitive for large parts of the game, and then they struck right at the end. And what was a pretty good crowd over there at Walter Park on Saturday night, and all serious, it was a great crowd out there at Walter Park. They got, a, they really got into it. It seemed like it was one of the bigger crowds they've had out there, and a terrific first-up win for Cam Miller. Ah, uh, yes, it is. Um, I don't know if there was much bad blood, you know, with Royce Brownlee leaving or anything like that, but certainly there is plenty of excitement in the air at Walter Park, and uh, look, I think you know, you, you would have walked away a 1-0 loss against Olympic who tipped as, you know, one of the favourite teams, you could have walked away and said, you know what, it happens. The fact that they dug deep and fought back with two goals in injury time just shows this may be a very, very different beast that, you know, Morton Bay are under Cam, Cam Miller. I think that, you know, it's great. They've shown great resolve. Um, and Dan Champus's goal uh, right at the end. You know, so that's uh, some brilliant footage that was that was shown um, that, that was on social media. And that, look, this is this is what, you know, MPL football's all about. You know, it's, they said, we're in week one. And I said, I'm talking with a bit of bias, but uh, yeah, look, again, one game's not going to make a season, but a win over Olympic side that they haven't beaten uh, since 2016. I think that's a, that's a major scalp first up. Again, I think for Olympic round one, look, again, I don't think it's going to hurt them too much. Again, the occasion maybe meant more to Melbourne, uh, to uh, Morton Bay United. And maybe that's that's that little edge. But again, I don't think there'd be too many panic stations for Olympic. They're just going to go back and do what they need to do. Uh, Lyndon Farr scoring on his home patch, uh, on what was his home patch. You know, I guess, uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, irony there. There is, I think, the Mayor's um, number one season ticket holder um, claims have been rebuked there. But we'll move on to great result for Cameron Millbike. Congratulations, Cam, to get the first up resident win in that. We'll move on to AJ Kelly Park for the double header up there on Saturday. First up, the home side, Peninsula Power, playing host to the Sunshine Coast. One was It was a, a clash which was a second time in two weeks, Adam, after they played in the Kappa Pro Series just last week. Power got a result in that one. Not this time, however. Sunshine Coast Wanderers 2, Peninsula Power 1. Ollie Duncan and Sean Lewis with the, the goals for the visitors in that game. And we said before how important Fortress Ballinger is at home for the Wanderers. And they can start getting points away from home. They can become a serious factor in this competition. It's one round, but that's a great first-up result for them as well, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, look, Sunshine Coast Wanderers seem to have potential powers measure over the last two seasons. Uh, Paul Arneson seems to be able to f- found a way to really you know, negate uh, this, this this power side. Like I said, this is not just... Uh, it's not just uh, last night or last week, but last season as well. They gave him a heap of trouble. So whatever uh, Paul Arson, how he's setting up, it's obviously power are struggling to uh, get get around it. Uh, shout out to Sean Lewis as well, who got the winning goal. I know he's a, he's a big follower of ours on social media. So we're, we're very, 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 very happy that one of our own, I guess, uh, has uh, you know, got a big goal. But look, I think yeah, to your point about Wanderers, these are the games that you know they need to get points. That if they if they're going to survive in this league, results like this are, are going to really go a long way to helping. 
Absolutely, and I said it was a um a result for power last week. It was actually a two-all draw in the Pro Series, so two good results out of two away from home for the Wanderers there. Just, Darcy just Madden, more, on just, the score sheet for Peninsula Power as well, Adam. I was just going to say, yeah, about uh, Darcy Madden, that's uh, two goals in two weeks uh, coming out of defence. So you've got defenders scoring for power, which that's something that uh, for a long time it hasn't sort of, other than you know, Hayden Kennery, who seems to who lob up from time to time, you know, like I so said, having Darcy Madden scoring at center from center back. That's uh, just another attacking weapon. Yeah. Power. Um, yeah. It's hard to sort of know where, where, where they're at at the moment. Uh, again, again, same as I've said about Olympic and Gold Coast Knights, you don't, you wouldn't panic at the moment. Uh, but yeah, look, dropping points to Sunshine Coast Wanderers uh, may just, uh, just slightly be uh, a slight concern, but you now again, Many much time to um, to rectify situations. I don't think uh, Rick Coughlin and his uh, coaching team up there are going to be panicking too much about it. No, I wouldn't have thought so. And if his defenders are scoring goals like that, then they're in great space because we know how prolific their attacking talent mm. are as well. And when they get up and firing, I'm sure Peninsula will be just fine as well. The second half of the doubleheader played up at AJ Kelly Park was the Brisbane Rural Academy playing their home games this year up in Redcliffe at AJ Kelly Park against Brisbane City. A clash we also saw in the Pro Series, Adam, this time ending 1-0 to Brisbane City with a 94th-minute winner from Matt Thurtell from the penalty spot, making his return to Queensland from the centre of the universe. So it's a great return for him and a great start for Brisbane City. Yeah, Brisbane City so far, uh, there's uh, two sides of the store at the moment. They're defensively... They've only conceded one goal in three games, if you can count two Pro Series games, and uh, that's against Brisbane Raw and Gold Coast Knights and Brisbane Raw twice. So defensively, and we know that they've, they've got they've got outstanding defenders. So I think that's the one part for Carl Dotter. I don't think he has to worry too much about defensively. Attacking-wise, oh, not so not so, uh, so good at the moment. I think that's something they may need to work on. Got, obviously, it's going to take time for Matt Thurtell and uh, Jason McQuasse uh, to sort of yeah, you know, to gel with that with that midfield of theirs, they uh, they lost Koji Kato uh, to a serious arm injury uh, for the season. So I think that's one of their sort of midfield linchpins that that is out. So I think there might be a bit of rejigging, but again, three points is three points, and you can't complain about that. Absolutely. The other thing about that is that it can be hard to play against ten and particularly nine because obviously teams don't get more and more defensive and sit in a lot more. So. Great, great effort from Chris Grossman's side to make it through to yeah. the 94th minute and then an unfortunate penalty concession there. But it can make it very difficult for teams to break down as well. So I, I wouldn't read too much into that from Brisbane. See, like most things with this round one, it's one of those crazy weekends where you almost have to just put it to one side and say it's probably not reflective of the way things are going to go all season. Because I'm sure City have got plenty of goals in them. It's just difficult to, to find that when you're playing against nine men. I think also as well with just on um, on the raw that that's that's heartbreaking. Nine nine men for half an hour, and look, and then there's no question about the penalty. By the way, uh, that unfortunately it was just one of the important things. Unfortunate things that Fernando Nash, you know, got you know, because he had the handball. You know, he he knew it straight away. He pretty much gave himself up. It happens. I, I I hope it doesn't. He is a player. He is a fantastic player, and I hope that you know he just doesn't you know mentally scar him because you know what it happens as you said. So, but look, much 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 credit. I think that's the one thing you've got to you've got to sort of take out. I know they're frustrated, and disappointed. Um, you know, at 
you know, the coaching staff there, Chris, Chris Grossman, Owen Baker. But uh, look, the, the, just on the other hand, it should be very, very proud of the effort. You know, to hold that city team to to needing a penalty in the 94th minute with nine men for, you know, the last half hour of a game, that's, that is a sensational effort. And that, that alone is something that they could really sort of build off. See some great resilience shown by Chris Cross inside. Unfortunately, no points to show for it on this occasion. The final game of the round was Lions FC against Redlands United in the Football Foundation Cup in the men's competition. The 2022 MPL men's premiers against the 2022 FQPL men's premiers. It was a one-all draw. In fact, we'll talk about the act, this result first. We'll get to the decisive moments of the cup in a minute. But in the league, it was a one-all draw. Adam Max Ellinger gave Redlands the lead on the half-hour mark, and they looked really good value for it, well-organised. Clearly, clearly, Daniel Varma has had an idea of the way he wanted his team to set up in that game, and it took it, it took it to the 81st minute for Joe Duckworth to get Lions back into the game, and it went on to penalties from there. But as a first-up result, it's a good result away from home for Redlands, and probably a decent one for the Lions as well, given they had to come back come back late in the game with, with a man disadvantage. Yeah, look, uh, Redlands, if, if this is a lot of people's pick as the bottom team in the league, there's one thing for sure that you know, any team can almost can beat any team on their day. If, if performance dips and you're relying on reputation, you're going you're to lose a game in this league. Because I thought, I thought Redlands were very, very good. Uh, they, they got, they got a, you know, an opportunistic goal you know, in, a, in a mad scramble in the box uh, for, for Max Ellinger. Which uh, you know, which put them in the lead, and they held on to the eighth minute. It took it took a uh, goal from uh, Joe Duckworth, who was, was man on the spot inside the six yard box, um, after after uh, a bit of chaos in the box as well to get the equaliser. So uh, Lions had to dig deep with ten men uh, to sort of to uh, eke out the one all draw in the sort of I guess let's call it league component of this fixture. Just sticking with the league component of the fixture for a moment, because I do agree on Redlands. And stop bringing up our predictions, all right? Because that was genuinely the hardest predictions I've ever had to do in terms of working out who was going to finish in that, <laughs> sticking in that bottom section of the table. And you're right, Redlands as a side, they were really well organised. They had they clear, they had a clear plan in place on how they wanted to press, when they wanted to press, and what they wanted that to look like. And if they can really bed that down and, and make that a key part of their game they can really trouble teams, particularly down there at the showgrounds where they have a bit of an advantage. And I, I do think that was a really good first-up performance. from us. Again, they played in the in the pro series, so there's maybe a bit of familiarity there. But I thought it was a really good first-up performance from from the promoted champions. Yeah, the, the, as you said, the, the pro series uh, form, it was only 2-0. Like, this this uh, Lions team, I, I, you know what they're capable of. It's it's large it's it's largely the same team as last year, you know, mi- minus you know Alex Fechner, but they 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 replaced him with Rio Ono, minus um, Ethan Dockley, they replaced him with Jesse Rigby, so it's virtually the same team, and so two very very good performances. I know, you know, you, you want the three points, but from Redland's point of view, you know. Who probably are with their with their squad? It's a very unheralded squad, um, but to, to get to get a draw here, yeah, you know, I think I think it's a very very good result uh, for them. I think you now that that should also give them confidence. Absolutely. So now we move on to the penalty shootout. The game obviously ended in a one-all draw, but because there was a trophy on the line for the Football Foundation Cup, they did go to a penalty shootout, which was won by Lions FC by four goals to three in this game. There were five players who missed. Unfortunately, Lee Fultz was the last one to miss 
for Redlands. He was the third to miss for Redlands. Lions missed two, three good saves to Maiden Munford, actually, in this penalty shootout, Adam. And it was the barest of margins, but they got over the line in the end lines and picked up their second Football Foundation Cup. Yeah, look, uh, Aiden Munford, I think uh, he, he was, uh, I think he, he was, you know, the performer, star performer out of that, you know, usually the keepers are. They're all, they're, you know, either the keepers are either going to win it for him or, you know, it's it's a, a case of that. It's not their fault. So, you know, he, he made he made a key save in the, uh, for the fifth, for the fifth penalty, uh, which from Redlands, which then turned turn the tide of that uh, penalty shootout. So, so yeah, look, uh, at the end of the day, it's not much to say about penalties, as we say, most luck of the draw, but uh, uh, look, you know, they were able to end up being, you know, six six penalty takers and that. So it came down sudden death. But uh, yeah, look, uh, Lions, Lions, you know, they pick up another another trophy. So that's uh, pretty much standard fair for them. But uh, look, again, I think Redlands have n- certainly nothing to be, you know, ashamed of. They they were they were very very good value on this night. They were. Congratulations to Redlands for their performance and congratulations to Lions on. Their win in yes, Adam in the Football Foundation Cup. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just to say there is one. There is one more game that we have from MPL last night. It was uh, East uh, East going to Underwood Park and uh, winning that one nil thanks to Diego Cuba in the 65th minute. I did realize I had skipped over that game. I yeah. was going to go back to it. That is a great result for Eastern. So it was in that one over Rosa away from home. Now we will hear from the head coach of Lions SC, Darren Thompson, I'd say after the after his side's win on penalties in the Football Foundation Cup over Redlands. We'll be back right after this. The head coach of Lions, Darren Simon. Darren, one all draw here round one against Redlands, went down a goal. Got oh, hang on. Yep. Went a goal down, red card, had to come back into your thoughts on the ninety minutes first and foremost. Uh, there's no surprises really in regards to how they were gonna play and yep. how they set up. we We'd played against them. We've, we've got footage. Um, uh, they, they look to exploit areas and spaces um, and kind of get it there quite directly and uh, quite effective. That's where the goal came from. I think we, we switched off once, and that's all it takes for them to, to score. But really, really happy with how we responded. So that game you played in the Kappa Pro Series, that was a real guide for both sides, really, about how you were both going to line up. Not a real surprises tonight. Was that almost a frustration in a way of having to play the same team twice in a couple of weeks? No, not really. Um, I think it just cemented, I suppose, both of ours. I think they, they would have come out of that last game feeling quite confident going into tonight's game, which they, they again, they're very well organised, super organised, um, and they're always going to be dangerous, always going to be in a game with the way that they play. So, no, it was, a, it was an opportunity that uh, for both teams to have a look at each other, and it is what it is. It is, and then the shootout afterwards, is that... Is it important to get the win in the, the cup there, or is it just more the frustration not getting the result in the league? Oh, yeah, it's a bit mixed emotions, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I felt that we probably did enough to get the three points. And I know the game opened up towards the end there. We didn't sit back and just try to absorb. We we took it to them, and that's what I've got a playing group that will never, ever give up. We did it against Gold Coast Knights last season. Came back to draw one all, which is in the, in the run-in. It was really, really important, so... Tonight's just just as important. So. There's a couple of nice sets made there, and that must give you confidence if you get another shootout in a game later in the year. You've got a goalkeeper there who you can call on to make some really big saves for you. Yeah, he did exceptionally well. He looked very calm and, and controlled, and you know I think it was that third penalty where he saved just beneath him. That was a 
a world-class save. It was, it was amazing. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the boys. Uh, we'll take the silverware. It's uh, you know everything we enter, we, we look to win. So we're uh, yeah we're, we're proud to to receive that tonight. And thank you there to Darren for his time out there on at online stadium on Saturday night. Day Adam, thank and thank you for for. For stepping in there, I hadn't, I didn't forget about East Thumbs. I wouldn't do that, but it was a very good result for East out there in that game. But just on the on the first weekend as a whole, now it it was three losses and a draw for the four teams in the finals from last year, and I don't think that's ever happened before. But it is a really good indication that this year's league is genuinely going to be a really tight league, and that's probably the best thing that came out of this weekend. Yeah, I think, you know, now I sit back and look at it. Like last night, I was going, wow, you know, you know, on a, on a weekend that you see Gold Coast Knights, Olympic, um, Olympic and potential power all losing and Lions. Look, let's say, let's face it, they, they got out of jail um, in, in the last 10 minutes. For those four teams not to win on one weekend, that's, that's you know, that's sort of, you know, you, you get shocked by that. But then, as you said, you know, in sort of thinking about it, uh, Look, I think it's a case of this is the advertisement of this league is anyone's. If if you're not at your best, or or you or you've got injuries, or you've got suspensions, and and that you know any team is capable of winning in the night, and I think it's it's going to produce some very very good football over over the next uh, few months. I think I said it was Lions' second football finish cup. It is actually their first Prince yes. of Power one. Yeah. The last couple of years, so it was not their second. So apologies for that. Well, well we'll, I know why you said second, but we'll yes, get to that in a sec. We will absolutely. We'll get to that. Thank you very much. We'll have a very quick look at the table, which consists of Gold Coast United, Morton Bay, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, and Brisbane City, all in the top four. Just the way we all draw it up, right, Adam? Yep. <laughs> absolutely. That is exactly how. It, absolutely. We will now <laughs> move on to that aforementioned second Lions. Football Foundation Cup win as we move to the MPL Women's where Lions did play Peninsula Power in round three action of the MPL Women's at Lions Stadium on Saturday afternoon. And Christina Amadoui did give Peninsula Power a 1-0 lead midway through the second half and you thought maybe this long unbeaten streak for Lions was about to come to an end but the the old reliable combination for Lions done it so many times before Tegan Thompson and Tegan Riding come up with big goals in, in the game to get them the win here Adam and they ran over the top in the end, but they had to really work for this one, didn't they? Absolutely. I thought Peninsula Power were excellent for 70 minutes. Uh, they they took they went in with a game plan. They took it they took it to uh, Lions. The goal that was scored, uh, I think uh, Ellie Chapel, I think would want to have that back again. But look again, it's a case of you take you take your chances. And uh, Christian Amadoui, uh, you know, took took the shot from range. And even you know, some some of the best sometimes get it wrong. And uh, yeah, look, it was a shock lead for Peninsula Power, but uh, just as, just when it starts to you know that there's starting to be a few worries in the camp, um, a few few substitutions uh, come into it. You know, Tegan Thompson actually started off the bench, comes on and scores the same fourth minute, and then four minutes later, you know, Tegan Riding then um, makes it two one. Look, when you have play, superstar players like that in your side, uh, I think that's the most impressive thing that, you know, they lead by example and uh, they they won the game. But look, uh, Peninsula Power, you know, wow, what a, what a performance that, that was. You know, I, I know I, I know they're probably disappointed because I think they, they knew they were in that game. And 
for them to be disappointed, I actually think would be is actually probably a good reaction because um, n- a lot of teams over the last you know nearly you know two and a half years have come away empty-handed from um, from luxury paint stadium, Lion Stadium, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, but potential power gave an almighty fright, and uh, yeah, I think I think that you know this this is, this is a team that you know. I think maybe very very dangerous. Uh, they've a couple of couple of additions as well. I think um, debut of uh, of P- Powers American midfielder Sarah at Diapolonia. I think she's a she's a player to watch. Oh, she was absolutely fantastic. Well, Jen, again that attacking area for Peninsula Power that was the one issue they had last year in their FQPL one campaign was they just didn't didn't quite have that regular goal scorer in the first couple of weeks. They certainly look like they've got some big improvements in that area of the pitch. It looks like they're going to be a very solid side at this level, which is great to see. We saw last time they were in the NPL women's, they weren't quite at the level this time around. They look like they're a much better proposition. And with lines, you mentioned Tegan riding. She's amongst the goals again, as she's always is. She's always going to be in and amongst the goals. You mentioned leadership there. And that's the biggest thing she is bringing to this side, that experience and know-how of guiding this youngest, this younger Lions side around the park. Yes, some of these players have played a bit of football in the first team before, Adam, but it's normally normally alongside five, six, seven really top quality, top experienced players. This time around, there's a whole lot more of those players in and around there. And it's pro- it's interesting to see how Lions are managing that, isn't it? But in the first couple of weeks, the leadership of Dickley Teagan riding up front is really noticeable. Yeah, as I said before, the only thing I can say is leadership by example. And I think that's what will make these younger players so much better players as they see a player like a Tegan Riding, like a Tegan Thompson, you know, you know, basically take the game from a what was looking like a perilous situation and turn on its head in the space of five minutes, you know. And then some of those players, you know, were there, like I said, it's not just them. It's a team effort. I've got we've always got to say that. But they're the ones that, you know, that took the opportunities and took the and scored the goals. Um, but like I said, it is a team effort, but those players will grow because of that. And um, like I said, there are some experienced players, you know, like Tara O'Keefe's and Beck Kirkup as well were very, very good. Um, they're both underrated players, especially Tara. She's, you know, you know she, she does a lot of the um, a lot of the grunt work and doesn't get the plaudits that uh, she deserves, but she's, she's a very, very vital part of that, that, that cog. We're hearing that Lions will get a couple of players uh, back shortly. Um, but uh, but like I said, at the moment, I think, uh, and it's going to be tests ahead in the league. But this this is a, this is a good win for them. But uh, again, I don't I don't want to um, understate the performance of potential power. Absolutely, the cavalry could be arriving for Lions SC in a couple of weeks. But it was a very good performance on the road for Peninsula Power. Now after the game, you caught up with the head coach of Lions SC, Rob Askew, Adam. Yep, uh, for a change. Absolutely, for a change. And let's hear what he had to say. We'll be back right after this. I'm joined uh, by the uh, victorious coach of Lions FC, Rob Askew. Rob, first of all, congratulations. Yet another trophy for the uh, club. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's a, it's a first one. And again, I'm very proud to be the uh, first name on it. Obviously, um, it's early on in the season, but obviously it's a special sort of, you know, I guess, uh, trophy to win, being the, being the first, as you said. Absolutely. Uh, we had when, when the uh, Kappa Cup came in, uh, we were really um, excited to be the first name on that trophy, and uh, I think it's a good initiative um, to have this, this. I guess it's the equivalent of the uh, charity shield, isn't it? And um, yeah, so uh, 
more trophies, the better. Obviously, uh, your opponent's Peninsula Power, they really sort of, you know, pushed you. In fact, they got in front after the hour mark. Obviously, was it, are you pleased with the way that the side responded rather than sort of staying in a panic that they sort of, you know, just dug down a couple of changes and uh, were able to grab the game back? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, you know, we're on, we're on an extraordinary run where we haven't lost for such a long time. And for a lot of that time, um, there was, it's been a bit of a mismatch. Um, but I feel, and you always wonder when, when things are easy, what's, how are you going to react when things get a bit harder? And, um, and we've had a couple of games now. And I mean, I felt when we played the QAS last year, we went 1-0 down. And um, I never felt we were going to lose that game. Um, tonight, you know, when, when they scored, I was a little concerned because, because we'd, we'd, um, we'd struggled to uh, create really good chances up until that point. And, um, but, you know, you, you've got to stick to what you believe in and, and believe that it's going to make a difference. And uh, I, I think the girls stuck to the, the Lions' way of playing football. And I felt that the subs made, made big impacts. And, um, you know, that's what, you know, coaches love to have substitutes that are not just going to fill a gap, but substitutes are going to come on and make a difference. And um, everybody that... Uh, Every, the two girls that came on had a great game and, and the people that got reshuffled moved into those positions seamlessly and, and, and made great contributions. So, yeah, I was very happy with their, their response. It was two of your more experienced players that were able to get the goal back, Tegan Thompson and also Tegan Riding. Obviously, um, we know what to expect from them, but given that it's, it's such a young side, a different side, were you pleased with the way that the other girls sort of you know, rallied behind them? Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know... Yeah, we have good young players and they're going to be great players but sometimes being a little bit older a little bit more you know emotionally intelligent a bit, a bit wise about things that makes a big difference and um, we're lucky to have a, a pretty good spine of experienced players that um, can calm things and let those girls um, not only perform at a high level but I think grow and develop as players I think myself that that is the best environment for young players to, to become better players is to be in a senior environment with experienced, quality players who are good people. Um, that that turbocharges development, and I think um, I think that that's what happened with the girls tonight. If you look at someone like Macy Edwards. She's come in. Um, we signed her as an under twenty three, and she's been outstanding for us in the first three games. And um, you know, I think she she's a classic example of someone who's flourishing in a good environment with, with good older players around her. And finally, obviously, 3-0 uh, to start the season. You uh, had the first three games away from, uh, from here at Luxury Paint Stadium. You now go on the road for the next couple of games. Does the, does the approach um, change, obviously, now that you, know, you are going on the road? No. We, um, you know, as a coach, I made that mistake, I feel, many years ago that you, you think that, you, you know, it's about you and that you change things all the time. But I think players like stability. And we're committed to playing a certain way and we're committed to being better at it every week. And um, I would ra- I think, you know, everybody here would rather the people adapted to us than the other way around. And, and so away at home, we play the same. Thanks, Rob, and congratulations again on another trophy. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Thank you there to Rob talking to Adam after the game there on Saturday night. Elsewhere in round three, action at the NPL Women's Competition. Mitchelton with a 2-1 win at home over... Kapalaba, Kelly Pufri and Jolien Cruz getting the goals there for the home side. Adam, that's a great result quickly there for Mitchelton getting a first win all season. After two pretty tough games away from home, they get a good result at home. Yeah, uh, Jolien Cruz with the winner. 
there. Kelly Purfroy on the score sheet. What else is new? Uh, but yeah, look, this is a big win, a big scalp over uh, Kapalabar. Uh, Sarah Donovan. No, sorry, sorry, Sarah Downman. Can't read. Can't read the writing there. Uh, with 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 another goal, we saw we saw a score a, a beauty of a goal against uh, Gold, Gold Coast United when we covered that game. Uh, was it? In round one, I, round one, I did, I do believe, yeah. So she's she's back amongst the goals, but uh, look, that's that's a big win for Mitchell. I think that they their performances have been quite good without without results. So good to see him actually pick up three points. Absolutely. Moving on to QAS with a four-one win at home over Olympic FC out there at Briggs Road this afternoon. Adam, that's a really good result for them. They're the young girls who did so well at Acapella by last week. Felt just sort of result. They've got a good result this week though. Uh, they have, and uh, this is a like I said again. They're they're a team that you know when they're at their best, they're at their best. And they're playing, play how they want to play the game. They're um they're they're, they're going to be good, and uh, yeah, a, a big you know for those that sort of you know looking at you know the bottom end of the table as well. Uh, this is a this is a good win for them. Four four one. They did it pretty they did it pretty comfortably in the end. A double for uh, Tully Heatley and uh, Ella Grady and uh, Mackenzie Nielsen also on the score sheet. Uh, as well, so they're spreading around the goals a little bit. Uh, Olympic, on the other hand, uh, yeah, I think they may be getting, they might be being found out a little bit at this at this level. So that's um, that's another loss for them. A bit of a tough start for Olympic there, and that one's maybe a bit of work to do on the defensive side of the field. We'll move on to the, to the league leading Gold Coast United and Adam a two 0 win for them this afternoon over South United goals from Bronte Rose and Momo Hayashi continuing their very good free scoring goal scoring start. To the season now for them. Yeah, I think the clean sheet's probably very important for them. Um, South United at the moment, they they seem very toothless in front of goal, and uh, and uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's setting it's setting up a big game in a few weeks' time uh, between Gold Coast United and Lions. And uh, Gold Coast United are going to go into that game with a lot of confidence. They will a couple of weeks' time. Now that could be a very very interesting grand final rematch. Down there, see what happens in. That one, the final game of the round in round three was Eastern Suburbs playing host to the Sunshine Coast Wanderers on Sunday night out there at Heath Park. It was a 3-1 win for the home side in this one. Goals from Mayor Bruckner, Hakana Dixon and Chantal Mugeri with a late, late late goal in consolation from the Wanderers for Rebecca Horsey in that one. So a good result at home for Eastern. We said before the first couple of weeks they've been really solid defensively, not quite there in the front third. Seems like tonight they found their scoring boots. Uh, they did, and uh, yeah, look, uh, uh, one near near close header, one tap in, and an absolute long range bomb from Chantel McGarry. That was a that was a great goal, that one. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, it's good to see their score again after two um, two uh, yeah uh, scoreless efforts. So 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 they're they're um, they're east off the mark. One of the uh, favourite. Uh, Teams, uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, yeah, tough. They define usually find it tough to go on the road. They're they're a lot like their men's side that you know they they'll play their best uh, at, at uh, Ballinger. Um, yeah, experienced Beck Horsey uh, on the score sheet late, but uh, they're going to need more than just her if they're, if they're going to stay up. Um, how do you describe those goals again? A a near post header, a tap in, and a long range bomb. Correct. Yes. Sounds like two two really well worked goals that the coaching staff will love, and a and a long range bomb that the highlights reel makers will love. 
I don't know. I have to ask Lachlan Leong about that. I don't know. But look, he would no, also they, enjoy long range goals. No, you never know. I will say the Maya Bruckner goal, the uh, the cross from uh, Lauren Askin was that was was a beautiful um, was beautifully placed. So I think. Look, technically, you were absolutely right. I think, um, yeah, it's, I, I think they'd just be happy with the goals, full stop at the moment. A very good result for Eastern Suburbs. I'll have a quick look at the table. We're now in the NPL Women's through the first three rounds of the season. Gold Coast United and Lions SC remain unbeaten on nine points out of nine. They sit four points clear of Easter up to third. QAS are in fourth, narrowly ahead of Peninsula Power in fifth. Then it is Capalabar, Mitchelton, South United, Certain Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Olympic in the bottom half of the table there. So it's a pretty even competition, as you expect there, Adam, through the opening three weeks of the new league season. We'll move on to round one of the FQPL1 on the men's side. They kicked off this weekend as well. So we'll start off on Friday night with your other local club out there, Albany Creek Excelsior, with a 3-1 win over Mitchelton. Goals from San Noy, Jack Harmon, and an own goal gave the newly promoted runners-up last year in FQPL two a dream start to life in FQPL one, Adam. Yeah, right. Uh, this, this is a this is a good result. This uh, Mitchelton, I think, a team that are going to be sort of you know there and about. I think that they've got a very very new team. Uh, it may take some time for them to uh, to sort of you know put it all together. But uh, look. Uh, a very, very good win for Albany Creek. Uh, the Kai Barnes, who we spoke to uh, on the previous show, captain the side. Um, but, but yeah, look, I think uh, a winning start for Albany Creek. And, uh, yeah, uh, Albany Creek and Morton Bay winning on the same weekend. There's not much better than that. Very good work there, Mr. Mayor. Make sure you continue to support the local product. No doubt about that. But it was a great <laughs> result for... For Albany Creek, no doubt about that. The bigger, the probably the highest profile game of the round in FQPO one was on Saturday night at the Parc de Paris between Brisbane Strikers and Surface Paris Apollo, the one of the notional preseason favourites in the Brisbane Strikers against the promoted double winners out of FQPL two Surface Paradise. And this occasion, it turned out to be a two 0 win for for the Strikers in this game. An own goal and a long range bomb from Luke Broderick gave the Strikers the win in this game. The ten men Brisbane Strikers had him after. Jay North was also sent off this weekend. Yeah, he was. Um, look, there's another decision that was a very, very easy one for the referee. as a last man uh, professional foul, uh, denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. And, uh, and yeah, but uh, there's a good, strikers, this is a good win for them. Obviously, um, Surface Paradise, I guess, were, you know, I don't know if you can call them dark horses because I said the obviously you know what they they're capable of and what they did in FQPL too, but I think it's a good lesson for them that you know that they this the standard already is up and I know I I spoke to Adam Powell on the um, previous show uh, last week and I think I think you know I understand that you know this standard is going to go up for FQPL one um, there was going to be no bigger test than going to Perry Park in week one. But, um, yeah, look, it's a good win for Strikers. The service paradise, they'll, they'll be fine. I think, uh, again, it's uh, the reality of that, you know, it's not going to come easy in this league. They, I'm sure Alex Morrison and his very experienced team will know that. And, yeah, I think it's just a case of uh, th- this might be this might be a grand final preview in week one, for all we know. So, look, 21, 20, uh, one more rounds of season, they'll meet each other again at some point. Uh, in, in May, I think it is. So I think when the cross, when the return bet 
uh, leg is. So, um, yeah, look, it'll be interesting work then. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about for Surface Paradise. They're no dark horse, by the way. They're not flying underneath anybody's <laughs> radar, the Surface Paradise Apollo after the season. If they, if they, they had been outed. They had last season. There's no chance that is going to be happening. A great result for the Brisbane Strikers and a good day out there as they had their their season launch out yes. there with all their juniors and all the rest of it. A good day for them and a good result there in that one. Elsewhere in round one action, up on the range, it was a two-all draw between South West Queensland Thunder and Kapalabha FC. Kapalabha coming back from a from a goal, from two goals to one down to his level that up and take a precious point away from home in that one. Win and Wolves with a 3-1 win away from home to Southside Eagles. Logan with a 1-0 win over Caboolture and the final game played this afternoon. Sunshine Coast Fire with a 4-3 win over Western Pride. Plenty of goals in that one, Adam. Out of those four games, which is the biggest storyline for you? Uh, well, I'm going to request for you first. Who's, who's got the goal Move for? <laughs> who's got the goal for Logan Lightning? A fantastic player. <laughs> I actually don't know his name in front of me. I'm going to have to look this up quickly. Keep talking and I'll get the goal score for Logan for you okay, from well, my notes. Um, Go ahead and tell me what you thought of the biggest storyline out of those out of those four matchups. Ah, uh, looks, uh, Wynnum Wolves, massive reversal in form inside seven days. They were humbled 5-1 by Southside Eagles at Memorial Park in Kappa Pro Series seven days ago. Uh, they turned it around... Uh, they turned it around with three-one win in the opening round of the league, and uh, look, I think that's a. Like I said, I, I, when I saw that result last week, I thought it was too. It was too bad to be true. And uh, look, Wolves. Wolves have got a very, very good size. It's the uh, bulk of the uh, of their the grand final side in FQPL two last year. Um, look again, whether they they get challenged for you know, promotional finals, that's it's anyone's guess in a very, very tight league. But uh, look, at least they get that monkey off their back you know, after their after that shock result in the Pro Series last week. Great result for Wynnum Wolves in that one. And since you've thrown me under the bus and done the research to go and find out the goal scorer for Logan, great goal from Jean Dimor Marambona there in the 49th minute to get Logan. Oh, well done. Their 1-0 win over Kabulcha in that one. So great result there our, for our, the our, relegated our Logan side. Our What's other host, uh, we've got the water. So, <laughs> so well done. You keep throwing me under the bus. You'll be finding someone else to host this show. I can assure you of that. <laughs> we'll have a quick look at the table. And it is Albany Creek on top of the table. Stop cheering, Adam. On top of the table, they're on three points. Wynnum, Strikers, and Sunshine Coast rounding out the top four in that one. So it's very early, Adam. But it's a very, it's a even, again, we expected this division to be really, really even. And much like in the NPL men's, the first round of of results show that it will be a really tight contest this year. Yeah, look, I think that the for the winners, it's a good three points for the losers. Uh, look, I don't think it's much of a despair like the MPL. I think this is a league again that uh, if you're not on your game or you you have a bad day, uh, you're going to pay for it. Uh, look, even even Kapalabar's, uh point up in the range that's a very very valuable point because that's going to be a very very tough place to go and. When, especially if we think that South West Queensland Thunder are going to be one of the favourites for for this league. So, um, so yeah, look, I think league right now, I think that, uh, yeah, mo- most teams, I think they'll be where they're at. You know, there might be a bit of review, but we'll see, we'll see this time next week uh, how they go on. Absolutely. And in the interest of time, we will forego the Central Universe segment oh. this week. We've already been yeah, going. Well done, Max Mickler. We've already been going for nearly an hour, so we'll forego that segment this week, Adam, and you can tell us who your performer of the week in Queensland is this week. Who have you got? 
Uh, <laughs> uh, look, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with. Uh, oh, jeez. Do you want time to think about? Because I've got mine. Yeah, you go. Oh, I, I'm gonna go with Aiden Munford. Three great saves in the penalty shootout. They had a quick chat to him after the game on on Saturday night. So he's not normally the greatest of penalty, so he was certainly taking it. Very seriously, three great saves from him there. He's my performer of the week. You're always going on at me for not for always picking the top goal scorers or someone who gets the hat trick, taking the easy excuses you like to put it. I'll give the goalkeeper union some love this week. Who? What have you got? Uh, look, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Luke Broderick in the uh, for for uh, Bristol Strikers. Uh, long long range half uh, halfway bomb to make that two nil. Uh, that takes a bit of skill. And as uh, David Beckham would, would ha, has shown in the past, um, that that would be my performer of the week. On but uh, look, and honourable mention to Chantel McGarry's goals. Well, I think that was probably equally good on the same ground as well. Absolutely, so great result, great goal there. And if Luke Broderick can have half the career of David Beckham, he's on to an absolute winner. <laughs> I <Right>. think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Third decision of the Prison Footballers NPL. So we'll be back next week to recap round two in the NPL men's and and FQPL men's as well. It's round four in the NPL men's. Adam, let's join me once again. Yep. Thank you and good night. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, get out and enjoy your local football next weekend. And we'll talk to you all then.